All right, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Lakers talk tonight, one full hour, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, excited to be here. We got a lot going on. Let, let me just start off by saying this first. This came out a little bit earlier today. Read off a tweet here from uh, Mike Trudell. Anthony Davis expected to play tomorrow at Brooklyn and is listed as probable. So that's where we stand on Anthony Davis. I'll put that news in there. I got a lot of Anthony Davis that I want to get into. Uh, him almost being kind of the last hope for the Lakers this year. Um, I want to recap what a week it was for the Lakers as well, all the different storylines. Some of their reports, trades, Mark Stein reported some stuff last week. Some other stuff came out a little bit earlier today on guys like Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. And then uh, Jovan Buha, who covers the athletic for the uh, Lakers, is going to join the show as well. Trying to appreciate what LeBron James is doing right now. That's tough to do, the zone that he's in, because the Lakers aren't winning. And, of course, we'll preview the rest of the week. And Jovan Buha, the athletic, is going to come join us as well. So thank you for being a part of the show. Also, uh, stay tuned in tonight, because we have a fantastic giveaway from Harris Resort, Southern California. I'm going to be giving away a two-night stay plus a $100 resort credit to have a unbelievable time at Harris Resort SoCal at Funner, California. So tune in, stay tuned in. I'll give out some details as the show progresses. Um, let me recap the last week for the Lakers. Okay, so last time I did a Lakers talk, so just to kind of uh, preview how we did this over the last you know seven days or so, I did it on a Tuesday. So Lakers had just beat the Utah Jazz. They played the Jazz a week ago today. They beat Utah. It's kind of a surprise moment. It was, you know, Lakers were coming off that bad loss against Denver, all the chatter around the Lakers. And you're certainly starting the Utah Jazz, maybe for a quick second, you thought would quiet some noise down. And then the Lakers play the Indiana Pacers. Well, what happens in the game against the Pacers? Uh, Lakers lose to Indiana. Karis LeVert goes off, drops 22 points in the fourth quarter. Indiana won the worst records in the NBA. I want to say had lost 10 of 11 games before that matchup against the Lakers. And the big storyline that came out of it was Russell Westbrook doesn't play the final four minutes of the game. And then Russ doesn't talk afterwards. And all the kind of conversation and rumbling start happening. Hey, is Frank Vogel gone? Is this guy going to lose his job? Is he going to lose it in this upcoming road trip that the Lakers have that they're right in the middle of right now, two down, four to go? Um, and then, you know, how does Russ feel? The the Lakers kind of, are, are they taking a stand here and saying that, hey, uh, Russell Westbrook, he, he's not one of, at least for that specific game, he wasn't going to give us the best uh, chance to win the game. Then the Lakers leave for a six-game road trip. Then you get uh, some um, uh, some news that AD could potentially be coming back. He was questionable for the game uh, yesterday coming into the game. Lakers beat Orlando. They lose to Miami. Four games left on the trip. Each story around the Lakers has been a big-time story, and that was just the last week for the Lakers. So to kind of get a chance to decompress for a quick moment, look at where the Lakers are, and kind of look at their positioning as well in the NBA standings, I say all that because it's just another week for the Lakers, a franchise that gets garners so much attention in the NBA. The expectations are so high. And I thought this past week was unique. I really do. From the moment I did Lakers talk on Tuesday to where we're sitting today, there were 10 different storylines that came from the Lakers. There's only two that really matter at this point. Here are the two storylines that really, really matter. Lakers in the NBA standings right now, are 23 and 24. They're a game below 500. Uh, Minnesota sitting in the seventh play in the seventh spot. Lakers are sitting in the eighth spot right now after that loss of the Miami Heat yesterday. So what does that mean? 
that means that season ended today. Minnesota has a home game against the Lakers, who, by the way, they've already beat the Lakers twice this year. They have a home game against the Lakers in Minnesota in a play-in tournament game that if the Lakers would lose that, then their season would be on the line against the Clippers or the Portland Trailblazers. I know we're not close to the season ending. We're only in January, and there's still 30-plus games left to go. But that's where the Lakers sit today. So I could only talk about where they sit today. I can't talk about where they're going to be in two months from now or three months right now, whatever the case is. The other storyline that I think is the only thing that matters right now after this one week of chaos, it seems like, around the Lakers, Anthony Davis could be coming back soon. So Saturday, we get the way it works for us. We usually get some type of injury report status on Laker players. We got one on Saturday. This was um, coming into the game on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, it said, hey, Anthony Davis, questionable against the Miami Heat. It's been obviously a long time since the Lakers have had one of those updates for Anthony Davis since he got injured in that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves back whenever it was. Um, Since that moment, it's basically been, hey, we're going to reevaluate him, we're going to reevaluate him, and we're sitting now uh, as we you know sit here today, just looking specifically January 24th, he got injured on December 17th. So we're getting closer to Anthony Davis coming back, and this is a question that I want to kind of throw out there to Laker fans. You hit me on Twitter, by the way, at Alan Sliwa. Is Anthony Davis coming back the last hope for the Lakers season? It might be, Laker fans. It, it really might. And you guys know that I, I try to – I try to speak. I try to be optimistic when it comes to Lakers, but I'm also a realist as well. If uh, you know, they're a game below 500. There's nothing to sugarcoat on that. They've lost to uh, some really bad teams so far this year. They're only six and 12 against teams above 500. I mean, there's a lot of stats that don't go to the Lakers' advantage. But Anthony Davis, as much as there, this has been a season of chaos and excuses. The AD1 is, of course, a critical piece. If I told you this year coming into the season that Anthony Davis was going to miss X amount of games, uh, you're pretty much going to say, well, Lakers are going to struggle to stay above 500 without Anthony Davis. That's how good of a player he is. That's how important he is to this Lakers franchise. That's how important he is to the roster. Go up and down. He plays both sides of the court. Um, I've listed down you know, some of the excuses that the Lakers have had. Injuries, of course, a big part of it. The big three not playing together. I want to say they've only played 16 games together, something along those lines. I want to say they're 9-7 and seven in those 16 games. You have the health and safety protocols that not just the Lakers went through every team, but it hit the Lakers incredibly hard, plus the coaching staff. Vogel was out for six games. There, there are some excuses, but there's also you know a point of the season where you just you get an opportunity to see the squad and say, all right, this is a good team or it's not. And we're coming up to that moment right now. Now, as we sit here today on January 24th, we understand that this moment for the Lakers with Anthony Davis eventually coming back, there's no more excuses left. Now is kind of your chance to deliver. We're going to find out if this team has any chance or it's just not happening. And I think one of the realities are that the picture is going to become clearer over the next 30 days, maybe 45 days, maybe 60 days at the most. They're going to eventually go through a stretch where LeBron James is available, knock on wood, Anthony Davis is available, and Russell Westbrook's available. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get a chance to start looking at the lineups and say, oh, oh, wow, okay, well, there's your starting five 
for 10 games in a row, it's the same starting five. And on top of that, you know each and every one of the bench players that are going to come off the bench, the guys that Frank Vogel is going to depend on, the rotations, the minutes that are being allocated, guys that maybe somewhere Malik Monk's going to have a good game, you're going to leave him in a little bit longer. Stanley Johnson's impacting the game, you're going to leave him a little bit longer. We're at that point of the season for the Lakers where every single thing is in front of them once Anthony Davis comes back. And one of two things are going to happen. They're going to play okay basketball or they're going to play really good basketball. And I can't sit here today and tell you which one's going to happen because I can easily make a case and say, well, we saw Anthony Davis. This isn't, you know, Anthony Davis was playing a significant portion of the beginning of the season and AD was putting up the numbers, but AD wasn't if if the Anthony Davis that comes up, um, if it's the Anthony Davis we already saw this year, which, by the way, could very well be that Anthony Davis, where doesn't feel like he's aggressive enough, kind of hangs around the perimeter, doesn't take over games, the stats will be there just naturally. You put play 35 minutes and you're somebody as good as Anthony Davis, you're going to get 20, 24 points a game. You're going to get 10 rebounds, 12 rebounds a game, 8 to 12 rebounds a game. You're gonna, the stats are going to come. But do you feel Anthony Davis? And that's what we're going to find out here in this stretch for the Lakers. I, I think, I, I, you know, I genuinely believe this. We're going to find out if there's any hope left in the Lakers season when Anthony Davis comes back or we're all probably just wasting our time. This is not the season to be that the acquisitions they made in the offseason, the trades that they went out and made, bringing in Russell Westbrook, this whole thing just didn't work out. And that path to go to try to get championship number 18 is either there's some hope left and, and it's not that unrealistic or it's just there's no hope left. And this is what I mean by that. I don't know what version of Anthony Davis we're going to get when he comes back. But I remember when the Lakers were in the Orlando bubble, and I'm sure Laker fans are probably sick of me saying this, but this is just the reality. I remember, and, and a week ago we were doing this, I thought Brian Windhorst had the the best description of Anthony Davis. He said he's an inconsistent great player. He's a great player. He just doesn't do it every single night. And when you look at what other big men in the NBA are doing right now, go look at what Joel Embiid is doing right now for the Philadelphia 76ers. Go look at Jokic's ridiculous numbers with the Denver Nuggets. Giannis Attentacumpo. Um, Anthony Davis is supposed to be in those conversations. And I think we're at a point of the season where Anthony Davis starts becoming the player that he was uh, all over again in that Orlando bubble, and Lakers are back in that conversation. Or he's just going to be the player that he's been since then in and out of the lineup can't rely. I mean, obviously, you're hoping that health is not a factor the rest of the way, but I don't think you can really ever say that with Anthony Davis because that's been part of the story that we've told about Anthony Davis. But either he's going to become one of those players that's back in the conversation with the best big men in the NBA, and if that doesn't happen, somebody tried to explain to me how the Lakers are really going to have any opportunity to make any noise the rest of the season and then obviously potentially in the playoffs down the road. I think those are the only two things left for the Lakers this year. AD's going to eventually come back, and he's going to come back very soon. Uh, when he does, what type of a player is he going to be for the Lakers when he does return? 
Um, that's the that's the missing piece in in in, in my eyes that we are kind of waiting on, and, and we're eventually that that picture is going to become a little bit more clear. Okay, um, let's do a couple things when we come back. I'll read off some of your tweets. You could hit me at Alan Sliwa at Alan Sliwa um, on this Anthony Davis front. And, uh, you know, obviously if you agree with me or disagree that this is kind of the last gasp for the Lakers and Anthony Davis is going to have to be one of those players, one of those big men in the NBA that uh, we're all hoping that he's going to become uh, or at least do it on a consistent basis. And if that doesn't happen, then maybe this is just one of those seasons where it's not meant to be. Plus, I want to go through a couple scenarios that Mark Stein put out last week. Some of these Lakers trade rumors, Jeremy Grant, you heard some uh, conversation about Russ for John Wall plus draft compensation. I want to walk through what I think is realistic and unrealistic. Plus, uh, have you guys been seeing what LeBron James is doing? And unfortunately, we can't appreciate any of it because the Lakers aren't winning games. We'll do that all coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Uh, big shout-out here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, one of our official partners of Lakers Talk. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Anthony Davis, is he the, the final saving grace for the Lakers? So, obviously, we got a lot to get into as the show progresses on that. AD, by the way, expected to play tomorrow at Brooklyn. Uh, listed as probable, so we might get Anthony Davis back against the Brooklyn Nets. Kind of the last gasp for the Lakers. Um, if AD comes back and he starts dominating, something that we've seen in the past, or is Anthony Davis going to be more like he was to start off this year? And I think if he's uh, the same player that he was all season long so far, I don't think the Lakers are going to make that much noise. Now, if he's going to go be one of the baddest big men in the NBA – which I think he'll have to prove because a lot of people don't think that's going to happen, then the Lakers can get back into that conversation of, hey, watch out for the Lakers. Maybe they're figuring things out. And I think the schedule is going to dictate a lot of this as well. I'll explain what I mean um, about that in a second. So just to compare Anthony Davis, there was a time where, and it wasn't too long ago, that you were comparing Anthony Davis to the best big men in the NBA, right? That's not, that's not a crazy thing to say. Um, this is what some of the other NBA, um, NBA big men are doing right now. Joel Embiid, 
StatMuse put out this tweet yesterday. I don't know if you guys know how ridiculous his numbers have been. Embiid in his last four games, 38 points in 31 minutes, 40 points in 37 minutes, 50 points in 27 minutes, and 32 points in 29 minutes. Embiid has more points than minutes in his last four games. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible, ridiculous stat. And oh, by the way, the Philadelphia 76ers, eight games above 500. They're kind of fighting here. They got 19 losses. So do the Cavs. So do the Bucks. So they're right there to be in the top four in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. And obviously, MB doing this without uh, Ben Simmons. Okay, how about Jokic? Jokic again. I'm not throwing out these big men names. I know he's uh, a reigning MVP. Anthony Davis, for most of his career, has been talked about as, hey, this is one of the baddest big men in the NBA. Jokic this year, 26 points, just under 14 rebounds, 7.5 assists. He's having a fantastic season. Um, One of the great things that the Lakers have and one of the advantages of Anthony Davis, he he gets to play along with LeBron. LeBron's going to have unbelievable stats every game. Oh, by the way, he's a facilitator. Even Russ, whether you like his play or he doesn't, Russ is okay to pass the ball. Russ is okay to dish. Russ is okay to, hey, I don't have the ball, have to have the ball in my hands all the time. I know he's still trying to adjust to that. So AD is in a position to succeed when he comes back. Will he be one of the baddest big men in the NBA? We'll wait to see. Uh, but I think he's got something to prove on that front because I think a lot of people would actually say, no, he's not going to be one of those players. Um, Mark Stein put this out. There were some reports uh, last week, and we know some of the chatter that has come around the Lakers and what are the Lakers going to be able to do in the trade deadline, and is it possible that the Lakers can go get a guy like Jeremy Grant, or can they go out and get a guy like Miles Turner? We've been hearing that really all season long. I I think none of this has really been um, a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and, And we've... We've talked about it enough to say that, hey, the Lakers don't have enough assets to go make a move. And then there was another story that came out that the Houston Rockets would be interested in a potential swap. Russell Westbrook, John Wall. But the Lakers would have to also give up draft compensation for something like that to happen. I look at a lot of these trades and I look at a lot of these, you know, kind of the position that the Lakers are in. And I always kind of try to ask myself, all right. Do the Lakers at this point say, okay, we got to roll the dice again? And if we roll the dice again, we could call f- fall flat in our face. And, oh, by the way, it could also affect our, our future, potential future down the road. And the Rockets one is a perfect example. you got to give up draft compensation to go get John Wall. Um, I wouldn't do the deal. And I think there was other sources out there. It's highly unlikely that something would happen, something along those lines. Here's the reality of it. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Lakers are going to stick with Russell Westbrook the rest of the year. Part of it is they don't really have a choice, and I don't think there's anything out there that would attract them to say, okay, hey, let's go do this. The other part of it is how do you trade away $44 million to go find another really effective player? And Russ isn't having one of those seasons where teams are lining up to say, hey, we're a Russell Westbrook away. All that is not happening, so all that makes it – even a tougher case for the Lakers and a tougher case um, where you pretty much have to work with the ingredients that you have. The ingredients you have is how you're going to, the pieces that you have right now is how you're going to get out of this mess where you're a game below 500. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to come from somewhere else. 
Um, and if people want to argue and say, well, the Lakers, uh, you know, the trade for Russell Westbrook, that was a mistake. We'll critique that more and more at the end of the season when the dust settles after the Lakers kind of figure out how far they go and when LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ are all playing together. I did read a little bit earlier today, too. There were some other names being uh, thrown out there. Um, Terrence Ross was one of the names. Gary Harris was another name. Uh, and that I, those types of moves, I think, are more realistic for the Lakers. Now, what they're not going to be, they're not going to be earth-shattering moves where you kind of sit back and say, okay, watch out now for the Lakers. I don't think those are the moves that are going to happen, but smaller moves that could be a little bit more um, realistic is probably more likely than anything else. I've said this on the show before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I, I'm not one of those that thinks, hey, you got to hold on to Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, you, you got to make sure that this guy sticks around. I've always kind of had this this uh, this thought process that when you're all in, there's not supposed to be a 21 year old that stops you from making a move, especially a guy that you don't know what he's going to give you every single night. And frankly, you're not paying attention to what that player is going to be in four or five years. Um, but it also depends on as Taylor Horn Tucker. Has he built enough equity this year for teams to go out there and say, we got to have ourselves a THT? I think he's actually hurt his stock when it comes to that department from a, from a trade perspective. There was a, um, there was a ridiculous, ridiculous stat that SportsCenter put out. LeBron is in one of those modes. So LeBron right now is averaging 29 points a game, highest since his 2010 season. Uh, also over seven and a half rebounds, also over six and a or, or right over six assists, fifty-two percent from the field, and just under three threes per game, which is a career high for him, two point eight. He said, "I'm in one of those. I'm in one of the best zones offensively I've been in in my career, and I don't plan on stopping." That's LeBron James. Yeah, tough it is. Unfortunately for us right now, as Laker fans. I think we say this all the time. Hey, you got to appreciate what LeBron James is doing. you got to appreciate what LeBron James is doing. Laker fans, I appreciate it to an extent. Unfortunately, because the Lakers are losing, I don't think everyone is truly appreciating what LeBron is doing individually right now. Listen, I have the opportunity, and I'm very appreciative to do it. I get a chance to do the postgame show every single night on the Lakers radio broadcast. And when I do it, I'm breaking down – what players did. I'm looking at the box score, everything else. LeBron delivers every night. Every single night, LeBron James delivers. But as much as LeBron James, LeBron James is delivering, the storylines every night are, did the Lakers win or did they lose? What do you mean they're a game below 500? Um, what do you mean they're in eighth place in the Western Conference? So there's a part of me that really tries to go out of my way to say, hey, take a second here. The guy is 37 years old and he's putting up those types of numbers. The guy is having his best offensive um, uh, output that he's had since 2010, 29 points a game, and he's still dishing out six dimes and seven and a half rebounds and shooting 52% from the field. But really what we focus on when the game ends, did the Lakers win or did they lose? And I do think there's something to that. When the Lakers, because this team is losing, you find it – you find it uh, more difficult to highlight what LBJ is doing. And maybe that changes. You know, of course, when Anthony Davis comes back, LeBron's numbers are just naturally going to go down because AD is going to be giving you 20-plus points a night. He'll be grabbing a couple of rebounds. 
LeBron's doing his part. He's trying to do everything to keep the Lakers afloat. That hasn't been the case, but I just thought that tweet was so ridiculous and some of those stats were so ridiculous. Okay, Laker fans, it is time. Um, you know, one of the main partners to uh, Lakers talk is Harris Resort, Southern California. So uh, I'm going to give this kind of some details here of what we're doing. Laker fans, right now you have a chance to win a two-night stay plus a $100 resort credit to have a glorious time at Harris Resort SoCal in Funner, California. And all you have to do is text FUNNER, F-U-N-N-E-R, to 40705. FUNNER, F-U-N-N-E-R, to 40705. Do that right now. You're going to give yourself a chance to win uh, this fantastic prize from Harris Resort SoCal. Lakers Talk is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Voted best resort in Funner, California. From dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. Looking forward, uh, coming up next, Yovan Buha, who writes for The Athletic. He's coming up next. We'll get a chance to ask him uh, the latest with the Lakers, the rest of this road trip, what are the expectations when Anthony Davis comes back? We'll do all that coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. As always, want to welcome in a frequent guest of the show, Yovan Buha, who covers the Lakers for the Athletic, uh, spending some time on coming on the show. Yovan, thank you as always, my man. I'll, I'll start off with this. Um, kind of a, a crazy week for the Lakers. Last time I did Lakers Talk was Tuesday after the game against the Jazz. They lose to the Pacers. All the conversation of Frank Vogel on the hot seat. Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, we know the story of him not playing the final uh, few minutes of the game and then doesn't talk to reporters. It, it, it's funny how up and down things have been all season, but just in the last week, all of this, and then, you know, we get some good news earlier uh, today that AD upgraded a probable for uh, the game tomorrow against Brooklyn. What do you make of the last week? What do you make of the, uh, these few storylines that we've run into over the last five, six days or so? Uh, well, <laughs> it's uh, it, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, to me, it, you know, it's been the craziest week of a crazy season, uh, and it really has sort of uh, summarized what the Lakers have gone through on, on a nightly basis because you, you have the Utah win. Well, really, you have the Denver loss, 
And that, to me, is probably the worst loss of the season, uh, followed up by the Utah win, which is arguably the best win of the season. And then you follow up that with, with the Indiana loss, which uh, I think maybe wasn't as bad as the Denver loss, but was in contention for worst loss of the season again. And then, you know, Orlando, okay, you're supposed to beat them, but, um, you know, they were down at halftime and, uh, you know, they, they come out and win that game. Uh, and then they have this crazy comeback in Miami that they almost pull off. And it's just been kind of all of the Lakers issues, uh, you know, wrapped into one week with, uh, you know, two wins and three losses. And uh, it's just kind of, that's how the season's been, right? And, you know, they're one game under 500. So, um, you know, they're one game under 500 this week or this past, you know, seven days or so. So I think, uh, you know, some of this stuff w- was sort of inevitable. Like we, we knew that Frank Vogel, if the Lakers didn't turn their season around, you know, this was eventually going to be a conversation of, is he the right coach? Um, I think the Russell Westbrook situation also uh, with his up and down season, you know, inevitably he was probably going to get benched at some point and it was going to become a storyline. So I wasn't necessarily surprised with either thing happening. I, I was surprised that they happened in back-to-back games and kind of in the manner in, in which they happened. But, um, you know, I think from following the team so closely, as we both do, like we've seen kind of this stuff, the writing on the wall, so to speak, that, um, you know, there were maybe some matchups. Russ, it didn't make sense to close with him, uh, but because he's a star, the Lakers have been closing with him. And, and now that appears to no longer be the case. And, you know, with Frank, again, uh, with the team struggling so much, you know, inevitably that kind of falls on the coach to some extent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a crazy season. This has been the craziest week of all. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited for maybe some more normalcy for, for the rest of this week. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, most Laker fans are. And, of course, you know, the big news earlier today is Anthony Davis expected to play tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets, listed as probable. Um, I spent a lot of time to start off the show talking about Anthony Davis kind of being the last hope for the Lakers. Let me kind of explain what I mean and and get your thoughts on it as well. Um, It's been an up-and-down season. They're a game below 500, eighth place in the NBA as far as the standings go, in a position right now to be in the playing tournament. And you've had Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James play about six – I think it's 16 games they've played together. They've gone nine and seven. And – AD has always been the, well, what kind of season is AD going to have? Is AD going to have expectations for Anthony Davis are always through the roof, but is AD being, are we having the same conversation we are about Anthony Davis as best big men in the NBA as we had, let's say 15 months ago or a year and a half ago. And I think that conversation has changed. Do you think this is kind of the last gasp for the Lakers that if they are going to make any kind of run, if they're going to start beating good teams, it's going to come down to what Anthony Davis does from this point on to the rest of the season and then obviously carrying through the playoffs? Or, uh, or, or do, do, you, do you think there's more elements to it than just AD? And, of course, there are more elements, but how much of this do you feel like will be on Anthony Davis when he returns? I think we're, we're close to an agreement here. I do think there are more elements um, just in, in, in terms of you know, the, the role players' performance and, and the defense and, and the shooting and, and different things. But I, I, I'm in agreement with you insofar as, like, AD is the last hope for this group. Uh, as, like, if, if AD's return does not spark a, a significant improvement, and I, I think we've seen now since Anthony Davis went out in mid-December – the Lakers have gone with these centerless lineups and, you know, starting LeBron at center, Stanley Johnson, 
uh, even some Trevor Ariza or Carmelo Anthony. And uh, I asked Frank Vogel yesterday if the plan remains that once AD is back, you know, the Lakers will stick with these, basically just go on AD and LeBron at center, and they're going to play small ball the, the entirety of the game. And he said, it's game to game. That's probably going to be the nightly plan, but there might be certain matchups in which they go with Dwight. So it, it sounds like, you know, that kind of makes sense if they're playing Jokic or Embiid or, or, you know, one of the elite, elite centers where it's hard to play smaller. You, you probably wanted Dwight Howard out there and then 80 at the four, LeBron at the three, go with a bigger front court. But if 80 returns and they, you know, continue to play with these smaller lineups, and um, I, I thought you saw that their switching against the Heat was really the key to that comeback. Miami, all those fancy cuts and the misdirection and, and the coming off different screens and stuff that they were using through the first three quarters. Once the Lakers started switching one through five, uh, you know, I, I just wrote about it. Like I had a clip in there where the, basically all five guys switch at least once on the possession. And you just saw like they, they were so good at it. And it's hard to do that for 48 minutes. The Lakers don't necessarily have, um, you know, a, a rotation full of defenders where, where they can do that for 48 minutes. But I think Anthony Davis coming back helps a lot. And if he's playing 34, 35, 36 minutes at center, LeBron's playing the rest. And then you're going, you know, Stanley, uh, maybe a little Trevor, you know, Taylor, uh, so on and so forth throughout the rotation. Like, you can probably get to a solid eight guys, maybe nine, that you can feel comfortable switching a lot. And I think the Lakers do that, get a transition, kind of play that, that faster basketball that we've seen when they're at their best. Like that team, I think can be competitive. That's a team that we just saw beat Utah last week. Uh, and, and, you know, look like a team that can compete with the top of the West. So for me, if AD comes, I think there needs to be a little bit of a grace period where, uh, you know, coming back from a, a injury where you miss over a month, we can't expect too much from AD to start. You know, I think if he does play in this Brooklyn game, give him a couple of games, a few games to kind of get his, his footing back. But once it's been a week, maybe maybe upwards of two weeks, that's when we can start really evaluating this team and saying, like, how does AD fit in? Can they still keep this small ball identity? And if they can, and really because AD is so versatile, it's like, He's not a traditional big man. Even AD being out there, it's not like a, a, a real, you know, seven foot slow center. Uh, if they can do that, then I think the team could turn their season around. And, and if he goes out there and it doesn't really make much of a difference and it looks like it did earlier in the season, then it is just what it is. And, and I think we're, the Lakers are going to have a lost season. But um, to, to me, I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. I think it's all mainly on AD, but I, I do think there are a lot of factors to, to really evaluate. Jovan Buha covers the Lakers for The Athletic. Taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Tomorrow, Lakers and the Nets. Uh, Tip-off will be at 4.30. You could listen to the pregame show with myself and Michael starting at 3 o'clock. And uh, AD now probable that he's going to go tomorrow against Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I thought it was – I think it's interesting to, to kind of hear you break all that down. I, I think sometimes if I ask you to just kind of put everything to the side – AD is going to come back. It's going to be AD, LeBron, and Russ, and then what you've seen already from some of these role players. What's your confidence that that the Lakers will turn things around and they will be in this conversation as, wow, that's a dangerous team you want to stay away from? Or the other part of it, which is, you know what? They are who they are. They'll they'll kind of limp into the playoffs and then not be as big of a threat as everybody thought 
if I had to kind of ask you, which side do you lean in more based on what you've already seen and knowing who AD is and his potential, where would you lean more towards? I'm leaning towards the former uh, as far as them turning their season around, but I, I do, I will hedge slightly in that um, I think based on what we've seen, it, it is it is hard for me to envision this team with everything we've seen through 47 games actually winning a title or, or, or seriously challenging for a title. Um, now, the current version of that team is, is far away from that, so I, I do think AD coming back is going to help get this team on track. I, I could see them uh, finishing the season as like the five seed, you know, right right behind uh, Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, and Memphis. Like the, those seem to be the, the top four, probably locked up. Um, so I could see this team being a five seed and, and beating a Utah or a Memphis in round one, and, and then probably losing to a Phoenix or Golden State in round two, or or maybe even pushing one of those teams and going to like the conference finals and, and then losing. But for, for them to make like a finals run or to win a championship, I don't think we've seen enough yet. And, and really it's not even from like, I, I think the, the big three have been good. Like LeBron's obviously been amazing. He, he's still in that, uh, I think MVP discussion, if the Lakers have a, a better record, I think even AD, like some of his numbers have been better than the, the last couple of years. Um, and, and Russ, you know, uh, his, his numbers aren't bad, even though that he's just been very up and down night to night. Uh, but I, I really think it's the supporting cast of, of just looking at what the Lakers have gotten from some of these vet minimum signings. Uh, and, and who knows, maybe they end up, uh, you know, waving a couple guys and, and picking some guys up off the buyout market, or, or maybe they make a trade and find a way to improve their roster, uh, you know, that way. But I do think it, it has been hard to find a reliable eight to nine guys every single night. And, you know, some guys, um, you know, are kind of like one, once in every three games or something like that, sure. where uh, you, you really just don't know what you're going to get. So for me, I, I do think that the Lakers, you know, granted they can stay healthy, uh, are going to turn this around in terms of being better than they've currently been and, and really get out of this 500 rut. But are they going to be the West favorites we thought they were entering the season? Or are they really going to be a contender on the Phoenix, Golden State, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami level? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think the potential is there because I, I you know, if I'm an opposing team, I don't want to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a seven-game series. I, I think that is going to be a, a tough six or seven games. But at, you know, with the reality of, I think the supporting cast is, is probably a little bit worse than we were expecting. Uh, I think there's probably a ceiling there of like second round, maybe conference finals if everything goes right. So I, I'm probably looking at them as a second round team right now. And that's obviously not what we expected heading into the season. So uh, I, I guess I'm I'm optimistic in them getting better, but but maybe not to the level that Laker fans wanted. And listen, that's a I think that's a fair assessment. It's funny even listening to that right now. It's like okay, let's see them tr- start making a move for that fifth seed where Dallas and Denver's in at five and six. And, um, and look, there's still plenty of games left. It's just uh, they got some proving to do, and I, I think right now. Jovan, it's not just, well, what do you do? Are you winning or are you losing games? Are you beating good teams? Are you kind of convincing yourself also that, hey, we can go through a streak where we had a couple tough games on the road, but we came out and won, and a couple teams around the NBA are saying, well, looks like the Lakers are starting to figure things out. Obviously, there hasn't been that moment yet this year. Um, uh, What do you think is realistic at the trade deadline for the Lakers? And when I say realistic as in – 
what do you think the focus number one would be and number two if they really have assets to go out and do something that helps out this year? Yeah, well, I think a realistic move would be uh, a combination that has already uh, you know, r- reportedly been out there of Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and either their 2027 or 2028 first-round pick, which are the only two picks that they can trade uh, in terms of first-round picks. Uh, I-, I think some combination of that, just because you know, with the way this, this roster is uh, structured, you know, most of the guys are on that minimum contract. So unless you're trading uh, LeBron, AD, or Russ, which I, I, I don't envision happening, your only two options above the, you know, that minimum uh, threshold is Caleb Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn. And those happen to also be, uh, you know, two younger guys, two guys that I, I think would probably be higher on the interest level, um, you know, scale from uh, opposing teams. So, Kendrick obviously has not played yet, so I, I think that's a bit of a wild card there in terms of you are gambling. Does he even play again this season? What does he look like? How long does it take him to get back? Uh, so, so maybe Kendrick ends up staying uh, on the Lakers anyway, but it's really Taylor. Taylor is like their their primary trade asset. Um, you know, we, we know the Lakers are, are high on him. They invested in him. Uh, they kind of picked him over Alex Caruso. It wasn't that black and, and white, but to some extent, you know, had they offered. Alex, you know, the, the, the Taylor money, uh, I think Alex will be back in the Laker uniform. So uh, I do think, like, the Lakers are clearly high on Taylor Norton Tucker, and they have reason to be. And I think he, again, has kind of been up and down this season, but we have seen some of those flashes. And I thought he played really good defense last night in the fourth quarter uh, against Miami. So to me, Taylor plus probably a future first is the foundation to really improve this roster. Um, that reported offer had been Taylor, Kendrick, and a first for Jeremy Grant, which Denver, uh, sorry, not Denver, but uh, Detroit r- reportedly turned down. Um, now that that to me is probably like your your best case scenario uh, of you know those three assets for like a Jeremy Grant. I, I think look at what the Lakers need. To me, they probably need another front court player that you can trust in a playoff series hmm. that has some length, has some athleticism, has, has some uh, you know defense. Uh, defensive capability, kind of like basically a Stanley Johnson, but maybe a little bit better of an offensive player. And that's where I think Jeremy Grant would really help them. He could play the four, the five. He could even play some three, defend multiple positions. He can get you 15 to 20 points a night, even though he'd be the fourth option on this team. So I I look at Jeremy Grant as like a realistic, probably best case scenario. Um, You know, Miles Turner, I think, was someone that would have made sense before his injury and, and the latest update on him being out multiple weeks, if not months. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the, the type of guy the Lakers need is, a, is an athletic, long, versatile front court player that can maybe slot some of the guys that are, are playing the position down a little bit. So, so maybe, um, you know, like we've seen some, some Austin and Malik playing like the three, maybe those guys play the two more in, in the mm. scenario. And like, that's probably a more proper for, for them defensively. So I think that's kind of it. Um, otherwise, like, I think they're fine in the backcourt because you still have LeBron, you still have Russ. Like, I, I don't think the Lakers really need a backcourt upgrade. Maybe a shooter, a, a better shooter, like a Buddy Heald or something like that, if they could get a guy like that. But aside from that, I really look at the front court as one more piece that they trust uh, to, to play alongside LeBron and AD. Uh, that, that's the guy I'd be targeting. Yovan, great stuff, buddy. Always appreciate uh, you joining the show 
and your breakdown, your analysis of the Lakers. You do a fantastic job, so thank you very much for uh, taking the time on the show. All right, bud? Thanks for having me on, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, that's Jovan Buha. Uh, we'll get it, give our final thoughts coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, big thank you to Jovan Buha, The Athletic, taking some time to join the show. Uh, by the way, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, official partner here of Lakers Talk. We appreciate their partnership. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. If you're just tuning in right now, uh, Lakers have a busy week. I want to go through some of their uh, upcoming schedule with the big news earlier today. AD upgraded, upgraded a probable for uh, tomorrow's game against the Brooklyn Nets. So maybe, just maybe, we get Anthony Davis tomorrow. Um, not just, you know, get his return back, but Laker fans, team's got to win some games here. Uh, sitting in eighth place right now in the Western Conference. I know there's some games going on right now. Um, but eighth place, kind of fighting to stay out of this playing tournament. So let's just look at the schedule here for a quick second for the Lakers. Um, you're already two games into this six-game road trip. You split them. You win the game on Friday night against Orlando, yesterday against Miami, which, by the way, that game started off awful. Jovan was mentioning it. Lakers went to a smaller lineup. They switch on everything. This seems to actually be the you know, the key for the Lakers. It, when they do go to that smaller lineup, I still think they should use Dwight in you know 10 to 15 minutes a game, how they see fit. Uh, but Anthony Davis is going to eventually give them that flexibility where AD's the five, then you got all these guys that can switch. Yesterday against Miami, they were down 26, brought it all the way down to four, made it respectable, and then eventually lost the game. So you're one and one so far on this six-game road trip. Brooklyn tomorrow, Philly coming up on Thursday, Friday against the Charlotte Hornets, and then the Atlanta Hawks to close out the uh, six-game road trip. Lakers' next home game is not until February 2nd. Um, I think the goal right now, before Anthony Davis, before it was announced that AD could be returning tomorrow, I I just said if you went 3-3 and on this road trip, you take it, and you you walk away and and you feel excited about it uh, just because it's not an easy road trip. You're starting to play teams that are above 500. you are on the road. You're away from L.A. for 13 days. I think those expectations have to change a little bit. If AD plays tomorrow, and nobody's expecting Anthony Davis to go play 40 minutes tomorrow, but they don't have Kyrie and they don't have uh, Kevin Durant. So it's not like the Brooklyn Nets are stacked with all their guys as well. And, you know, you take a quick look at the NBA standings. Nets are 29-17. and 17. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. It's a winnable game tomorrow. I think the game against the Philadelphia 76ers, even if you chalk that one up as an L because they're 27-19, and 19, now you get an opportunity. You go up against Charlotte, who's sitting at 26-21, and 21, and Atlanta's four games below 500, even though they've won four games in a row. Instantly, when Anthony Davis does come back, obviously 
the goals are going to change and the expectations are going to change. But the Lakers still got a lot to prove as well. Uh, Funches threw out this uh, threw out this stat to me yesterday. I was actually using it for the post game show. Lakers versus teams over five hundred. They're six and twelve on the season. Three of these next four games on the road are against teams over five hundred. Lakers versus teams under five hundred. They're seventeen and twelve. Um, and, and oh, by the way, some of those losses, teams below five hundred, where they lose, Minnesota. Uh, they've obviously lost twice to them. The Sacramento Kings, they've lost twice to the San Antonio Spurs. They've lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've lost twice to Indiana Pacers. So just right there, those are teams that certainly have struggled this year that the Lakers have lost to. But this is what I'm most looking forward to the rest of the way, and I think this is going to tell a big story. You beating good teams or not? Are you beating up? When I say beating up, what I'm referring to, do you have some statement wins? Do you have games that we could look at and say, remember when the Lakers went on the road, they beat Brooklyn, they beat Philly, and they beat Charlotte? Um, And right now the answer is no, the Lakers don't have any of that, and I don't think you should have overwhelming confidence that they're going to do that over these next stretch of games. But that's what I pay most attention to. Your record is 23-24. and That says part of the story. How do you do against the good teams, the elite teams in the NBA? And to answer your question, Lakers are losing two games to every one that they win against elite teams. So how much of that is going to change over time? Um, you know, obviously keep that one uh, in mind as the Lakers season progresses and as Anthony Davis eventually makes his return. NBA always does their power rankings. I like going through this every uh, Monday on Lakers Talk. So here are the five time, five top five teams NBA put in their uh, power rankings in this order. Phoenix at number one. No surprise, they got the best record in the NBA right now. So that 36-9 and record that they have, number one. Golden State they have at number two, who've actually been playing some mediocre basketball as of late. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, but a lot of that has more to do with injuries than talent. Memphis at number three. Miami, who the Lakers played yesterday and it got down to a four-point game. Uh, Miami at number four, and Milwaukee at number five. Where are the Lakers on ESPN's power ranking? They are not top five. They are not top 10. They are actually not top 15. They have the Lakers at number 16. And we know with AD uh, potentially coming back tomorrow against Brooklyn, um, we'll we'll see if some things change. But I think the thing I'm most looking forward to for the rest of the season, how does LeBron, AD, and Russ look together? More importantly, how does AD look? Is AD one of the most dominating big men in the NBA, or has that ship sailed and we cannot depend on that on a consistent basis? I think that's uh, you know something to keep an eye on as we look at these rankings and look at the rest of the season as well. Another thing that's kind of crazy I'm going to close out the show with. Uh, by the way, if you miss any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Obviously, that channel has been there for years now. You can catch always the uh, full show and my long interview with Yovan Buha, which was fantastic as well from The Athletic. NBA standings, how about this? Miami, best record in the East right now. Brooklyn sitting at number two. Chicago, with all their injuries, they've lost seven of their last ten games. They're still at the number three spot. Milwaukee, the defending NBA champions, number four. Cleveland's found a way to be at number five. Lakers playing the Sixers coming up on Thursday. Uh, They're sitting at sixth place. They're eight games above five hundred. The West, Memphis at number three. Then Utah, then Dallas, then Denver, then Minnesota, and then the Lakers. Kind of crazy how wide open right now the NBA is. I know a lot of this has to do with injuries, teams being healthy, all that stuff. But uh, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the NFL. Anyone can win any any given game. And 
I know that changes in the playoffs where you're playing uh, teams in a seven-game set, and certainly there will be uh, no difference there. Um, uh, last uh, quick thing here. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody that tuned in the show. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo, everybody uh, doing uh, work behind the scenes. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers at 10 a.m. We got the pregame show for the Lakers starting at 3 p.m. tomorrow, and it looks like uh, there's a strong chance that um, Anthony Davis will be a part of the lineup. Uh, looking forward to that. Laker fans, have a great rest of your night. Back with you tomorrow.